Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I'm your host JJ. I'm so glad to have you walking with me today as we walk with Christ. I thank you for downloading and sharing this episodes, and thank you for all of the uh, visits to my sponsors that I've been seeing and I've been hearing about. Uh, the Also, we have uh, that sponsor with the Templar Chronicles 1, New Players. That book is amazing in the fact that it, it has actually uh, messages that we need in today's world and it is fiction so it's not like it's not like a documentary or something like that but uh thank you so much for visiting those sponsors thank you for visiting true bars he's a lyricist he is in his uh, he's on his journey now to finding god or actually is path to salvation because i always say that god isn't lost i and, and i'm starting to kind of develop a, a kind of a way against saying i found god because god wasn't lost we are so thank you all for uh, visiting that sponsor and exquisite creations if you have tiktok or social media um i think she does have tiktok i don't have tiktok but i have my own reasons for that we're not going to go into it on this podcast uh, thank you so much again for listening, downloading, sharing. It's, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about God. And I just sit here behind the microphone for a couple moments every week. And we talk about this thing we call the Bible and how to apply it to every day in life. All right. So we are going to step into our last of the three great kings of the United Kingdom of Israel. And these are not the only kings that Israel had, but these are going to be the first three. And and this is the three in the chronological order that, you know, God anointed the kings. So we went over Saul and what happened to Saul. We went over to David. And I know I misspoke. And I wonder if any of you guys caught where I misspoke, but I was speaking about David. Here's the the hint. uh, Who was the prophet that was speaking to David? That's your homework assignment to go find that out. Who was the actual name of the prophet that spoke to David? So that being said, and we saw what happened to him and we saw how David repented and all of the things that happened after that. Now we're coming to the third great king and that third great king is Solomon, King Solomon. Now we all know about Solomon and we all know about him for different reasons. Some of us know him before, you know, for having the thousand wives and the 900 concubines, or if it's vice versa. Some of them know him about the temples and the great things he built. But what the Bible talks about Solomon was at first was a very humble man. And he's going to, his story is mainly in 1 Kings chapter 3. It starts there. All right. So and it starts there. And Gibeon, the Lord, appeared unto Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I should give you. Now, this in the same, this is one of the 
most serious questions that God can ever ask you. And the reason why it's very serious, because a lot of us can think of 9,000 things that, you know, that we would actually say back to God. Well, God, give me this. or God, give me a, a good husband. or Give me a great wife. Or give me a 10. Or give me a 5. Or, or give me a great job. Or, hey, you know that car? I really like that car. Or I would like to look good in a suit. Or whatever it is. Whatever first thing that comes to your mind, because you feel like you definitely on time question because here's God speaking to you. So you might think to ask these things. Um, and here's what Solomon replied. Solomon said, I just want to be a halfway smart guy. I just want to have the wisdom and the humility to know that I'm smart. And so that impressed God. And, and it's easy. It, it listen. God loves us so much, and we say that God knows the beginning from the end, but God loves us, or loves it when we do what he expects of us, and what he wants of us. And God was, that was the answer that God wanted. So, in 3 and 13, God said, okay, well, you did ask for wisdom, so I'm going to give you wisdom, and then I'm going to give you what you haven't asked for both riches and honor and there'll be not any kings unto, like unto thee in all your days and you're going to rule Israel this way through wisdom and strength the only problem and, and for a while this was great like we, we have the story about the two uh, maids um, the two women who had a child they both had a child at the same time and one tried to take the child and claim it as her have you ever heard of that going on these days? Children were disappearing from hospitals left and right. But this is what was happening. One child died. The other child, the other mother tried to claim the surviving child as her own. And so they came to King Solomon and they said, Hey, solve this for us. This is my child. And they both said the exact same thing. This is my child. This they were very close they knew everything that they needed to know about the child so there wasn't like a birthmark that the that was settled the whole thing so solomon sat there and listened to the case and this is how wise solomon was and when i first read it i was like wow but it's a familiar story now that you know they brought in a he brought in a soldier and he told the soldier to take the sword since they can't decide who's going to take the child and whose child this is, and they can't decide, I tell you what, cut the baby in half, and they'll both get half. And the, the, the first woman was like, fine, whatever. And the other woman said, no, 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 don't do that. Um, let her have the child. And it was that response, because the real mother would have would rather see the child alive and well with someone else rather than dead in two pieces on the floor, both sharing the same grief. Sometimes it's not, it's wise not to come out of everything a winner. Sometimes you have to, you have to accept the loss. But when Solomon saw that, he knew exactly who, who was the real mother. And that real mother said, okay, Listen, uh, I'd rather you take the child and give it to her rather than cutting the baby in half. And so 
Solomon said, yep, that's the mother. And people marveled at how smart this was. And before this had ever been happening, you would kind of think if anybody's fighting over a thing, you just take it and divide it and everybody go on. And everybody's got to accept what's going on here. They just move on with their lives and accept what's going on. But Solomon's problem, Solomon's problem was not that he wasn't smart. And Solomon's problem was not that he could make great decisions based on other people, was that the honor kind of got to Solomon. His wisdom and the legend that it made him sort of got to him on the back end. And how does that happen? Because he had extreme wealth. Because God said, I'm going to give you wealth, I'm going to give you honor. Girls are just going to fall over themselves getting to you. And Solomon didn't know how to refuse this. So to that end, Solomon had an extreme wealth and a thousand wives. Now, come on. <laughs> let's, let's not think carnally here for a moment. Like, really, what will you do with a thousand wives? And all it takes, literally, is for one or two of them to get upset about something. And then it's a whole wrap. So, it just I mean, just... Just think about that. Everybody's upset at the exact same time about different things or, or, or the same things or all of them's happy and, and, and no one gets to spend the time with you that they want to spend with you because, hey, you are actually the king and you are actually solving real world problems with the wisdom that God gave you. So basically, you give them all a credit card, which ain't going to really bother you any because you have extreme wealth. So... But the problem is that these wives, being from different belief systems in different countries and different religious backgrounds, they all started turning Solomon's heart away from God. But even while he was, you know, going through that motion of, of trying to worship God and, and stay and please his wives, Solomon built this temple. Now, this temple would become very important later and especially when we start talking about prophecies and end times and and all of that and by the way um you guys that sent me the questions about the end times um i decided we're going to do a special uh a special episode on that because rather than sending you both 15 pages of email which kind of gets boring after the first paragraph I just decided we would just do a whole, do a show just on end time and end time prophecy. And that, even that, as I'm putting it together, would be like five or six episodes. But I'm going to answer your questions first, and then we'll put together a series of, of, I guess, some end time stuff. But I generally try to stay out of end time stuff because after all, it's end time. All right. So now getting back to Solomon and that's, in that uh, in that temple was that it took seven years to build and while you're reading that if you read first kings chapter five it sort of goes over that and but right after this happened um when Solomon built that kingdom as soon as he died the king the death uh, sorry the kingdom was divided all right and it was due to Reboam. Um, 
threatening heavy taxes. And what happened was people started revolting and and, and the kingdom was divided into north and south and, and they had Israel and they had Judah. Now the northern kingdom consisted of ten tribes that was, and this is what we started calling the kingdom of Israel. Uh, there were 19 kings altogether and all of them were wicked and spiritually depraved. So the majority of the nation of Israel had very bad kings. All 19 of them had wicked problems. Had his problems with being wicked and, and just not being connected with God. And because of that uh, weak and non-existence uh, in spiritual leadership, idolatry was rampant through the larger part of Israel. Even though God saw that God sent a lot of prophets to warn Israel like hey man if y'all don't turn away from these idols and all of that I am going to judge you he sent many prophets we, we will talk we'll talk about uh, Jonah we will talk about a lot of prophets that literally was God said hey if you don't turn and repent I will judge you and I'm not going to judge you I'm going to judge your kids your kids kids and it's gonna it's gonna be bad for you. And these uh, the biggest of uh, the two major prophets of this era is Elijah and Elisha. And despite the 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 notoriety of Elijah and Elisha, a lot of people still refuse to uh, repent. And refuse to repent of the idolatry, and because the idolatry will lead you into sin. And now this is important to us as today, Christian. Because even though these people were God's chosen people, and we need to flush this out a little bit, is the Israelites were God's chosen people. Just like today, Christians are God's chosen people. But even though they were God's chosen people, they still found a way to worship idols. And this idol worship worked its way into the Israelite culture and it caused them to sin and to do things that they were not supposed to do. Like they have, they should have known not to do because they were God's chosen people. And the same thing with a lot of Christians today, you and I. If you're listening to this, I'm hoping you're either on your way to being a Christian or you're a Christian. But either still, we know that there's some things we should not do. There's some places we should not go. There's some practices that we should not involve ourselves in. But we still do it. And we do it because, A, we, we don't have a lot of spiritual leadership anymore in our churches. B, um, we haven't, we feel like this hasn't been a, this, this thing that we're doing is just accepted by other people. So we just, we don't have a fear of judgment by our neighbor. Or C, we just don't know any better, but we should know. And that's a, that was a real problem in Israel, the 10 tribes, the 10 northern tribes at that time. Um, and as a result of that, Israel got weak and they were captured. And they were taken into uh, captivity by the Assyrians in 721 B.C. Don't come to me with this BCE stuff, by the way. I, I have to say that. I know people are using that now, CE or uh, 
BCE. No, no. It's Christ or before Christ. Or, or Amno Domini or AD or BC. That's that's the terms I use. Just so you know. Just so you know. Now, to read the, the, the story of uh, the Northern Kingdom, read uh, 20, 1 Kings chapter 12 uh, through 16. Now, and, and these are chapters, four chapters. So, and I really try to keep it short and not burden you with a lot of scripture. Uh, but there will be some, of course, there are going to be some episodes. We're going to get a lot of scripture. But um, if I don't mention it now, I probably won't. Even though I'm giving you First Kings 12 through 16, just read the whole the whole book because everything has to be kept in context to make sense. Now, moving right on to the Southern Kingdom, and we'll wrap it up there. The Southern Kingdom had only two tribes. So remember, Israel had 12 tribes. The, the Northern 10 went the way of idolatry in Israel. And the Southern, what we call Judah at the time, it was known as Judah and Benjamin. Well, these are the two tribes. But they were known as Judah and Benjamin, and they just called themselves the tribes of Judah. Now, they also had 19 kings and one king and one queen, but unlike Israel, all of Judah's, uh, Judah's kings or rulers were not bad. They had some decent ones, but some of them weren't, you know, weren't that great, but some of them weren't that bad, weren't as bad as Israel's kings. Judah, though, also had prophets that God had sent, such as Isaiah and Jeremiah, and the prophets all had one main message. Stop sinning. And look, God is going to do this thing if you don't stop sinning. And if you don't, then there's going to be a problem. Judah also had a problem with refusing to repent. And even after watching Israel go through the stuff that they went through, they got overrun by Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon in 606 BC. Well, you say, well, JJ, uh, you said earlier that Israel was taken into captivity in 721 BC. But what do you mean they watched this happen? if they got taken into captivity in 606 BC. Because keep in mind, when we're when we're talking about BC and AD, right? In AD, we're counting up. In BC, we're counting down. So 700 BC comes before 600 BC because we're counting down to the era of Christ. This is why I absolutely love it when people try to change it to before common era and and common era because even though you want to take the word Christ out of the time the way we measure time you still leave that time in there because you still leave that birth of Christ in there because there's no other way you can measure time other than the way God measured it before Christ and Amno Domini which is what they call AD which is after the birth, birth of Christ yeah I yeah I had that whole I had to go and study that whole thing um now, Judah's um, captivity lasted seven years. And we're going to look, read uh, Jeremiah 25, 11 and 12. Remember, verse 2 above, verse 2 below, but preferably the whole chapter. Uh, and the whole land shall be a desolation. 
and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. And it shall come to pass, when seventy years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon, that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity, and the land of the Chaldeans, and shall make it a perpetual desolation. Now, here's where we start talking about a lot of the end-day prophecy, end-time prophecies. Because there's, there's, you're going to talk about Daniel during this time, and we're going to try not to get ahead of myself. But this starts talking about where we're, we're talking about end-time prophecy. Because most of the, the prophecies in the Old Testament actually relate to the last days. Actually relate to things that are going on conceivably now. And the last days of Israel and Judah was a period of spiritual apostasy. And now that word apostasy means just absolute turning their back on God. Now there's a there's a there's a difference between uh, trying to live for God and messing up and having to repent of your sin. There's, there's one one that's on one hand. And then on the other hand, where you just accept your sin, and you do your sin, and you don't even try to fix it. You don't need to even repent anymore. Even though you get warned and warned and warned and warned and warned, just like Saul, you just apostate. God isn't even trying to deal with you anymore. And they show how apostate they were when they just started worshiping their own God. They started worshiping themselves. They started taking on uh, the uh, belief systems of nations around them. And they didn't do exactly what how God had set their belief system up and, and set up, you know, worshiping of him. And they just decided they were just going to do whatever they feel like because the world had it like this. Now, you see where we ended up here. We went from Israel being chosen of God, basically walked out of slavery, walked out of Israel, Egypt, walked through down through the Red Sea to Israel saying, hey, we've come in contact with other nations. They have kings. We want to be like them. But we have this prophet thing. And you can still be the prophet, but we just want this king too to kind of make it look good. All the way from that, to now we want to worship the same gods that the other parts of the world worship. Now we want to do some of the same rituals that the other peoples do because we want to fit in. We want to we don't want to be a standout nation anymore. We don't want to be peculiar. We don't want to be different. And this is where us as Christians, if we we are literally, literally living for God. And we're literally uh, being a an example for God. We have to understand that we are desired, we are destined, we are designed to be different. We cannot go around looking and sounding and acting like the world does. We can't do those things because then we are apostate and apostasy is really, really, really bad in God's eyes. Now, I know sometimes it's uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for me. 
you know, you have a very good friend of yours, somebody that you, you kind of like, and they're doing something that you know God doesn't like, and then they come to you for this sort of tacit approval. And you're like, hmm. And then you just kind of give them a little small smile, and then you're, in your mind, you say, bless their heart. And they know exactly what you mean if you said that out loud, so you don't say it out loud. You just kind of say, oh, God, help them. Oh, God, touch them. And so you have to be very careful, and I have to be very careful. When I say you, please understand, there's an asterisk there all the time. And that it, that asterisk means I, too, have to be careful. I am just a guy with a Bible. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not your prophet. I'm just a guy with the Bible. You know, it's, it's, we're just walking through the Bible together, right? So please understand, I'm not saying that, you know, that I'm some hot, some great spiritual authority. But this is what is in the Bible. This is what is very prevalent in the stories that are in the Bible. And the examples that are in the Bible is why they make sense to us. We have to be very careful on what is an, being apostate, what God is desiring of us, what God wants from us, and how we can make sure that we don't fall out of the grace of God and into a place like apostasy, where even though the prophet is coming and talking to us, preachers coming and talking to us in church, we're not even listening. We're not even listening. We're going right out of there and we're doing our idol worship. We're, we're, we're doing our state things. We're doing our sinful things. We're, we're just doing exactly what we feel like we want to do. And so it's, it's imperative for us to make sure that we're humble. We got to humble ourselves because if God humbles us, it's, it's really bad. All right. But I, I can I can go on about this for another hour and a half, but we're running out of time. Just remember, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for taking your time and spending with us today, walking in the Lord, walking in the Bible here. Again, my name is JJ. I'm your host for this podcast, Walk With Me. Like it, share it, download it, whatever options you have on the platform that you are listening to us on. I appreciate it. I really do. Tell it to someone else. You may actually be helping them as well. Check on them. Make sure you give them your love. Give them our love. Because we are a family of walkers here. And I really do appreciate it. Thank God for each and every one of you. I love you all. God bless you. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got this spread little words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason.